Hey David, happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Um, you know, part of Memorial Day is remembering, right? Right. I mean, that's the, it's in the name of remembering. Yeah. And, uh, and we do want to, you know, just at the top of the show, uh, give thanks to all those who, who served this country and, and died in, in, in defending and, um, and we're just, uh, I, I looked up over 1.2 million people have died, uh, while serving in the military since, uh, since we became a country. So, um. It's incredibly um, honorable, admirable. I, you know, to to serve in the military, and and a lot of people make that choice. I remember when I was in high school, uh, was uh, my senior year is when we uh, started the war with Iraq, right after after nine eleven, and then that expanded into into Iraq, and and um, I just remember thinking like, oh, if they like started the draft again, like how would I feel about that? And I, you know. Uh, at the time, I don't, you know, it was just a very kind of daunting uh, thought to have. And so uh, I have a lot of respect for people who voluntarily uh, make that choice. And, uh, and you know, those living and dead, you know, thank you. Thank you to everyone for, for that sacrifice and that service. So happy Memorial Day to all those listening. How are you going to transition now? That was really, that was really moving, and I appreciate it. And I, I, I second what Anthony said. Um, speaking of memories, uh, horrible transition, horrible transition. But it has to be done. Um, Much like what happened. To the, yeah, yeah, yeah. A woman in uh, China recently uh, reported having having. Um, Short-term, I guess this would be considered long, the article says short-term memory loss, but it's 10 years. That seems long-term to me. I don't know. Maybe it means, maybe is short-term referencing the time or the amount of time you're actually having memory loss? Right, so I have short-term memory loss because I've lost my memories for a short amount of time. Or... Uh, Yeah, 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 that's my question. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, she lost her memory, she lost the last 10 years of her memory, okay? After, mm, after, um... Okay, so she was constipated for a, quite a long time. Ten years? No, not, oh, okay. not quite ten years, but an uncomfortable amount of time. So more than a day is what you're telling me. And it took me. a great amount of effort to relieve that constipation. Okay. So much effort that when she came out of the bathroom, mm-hmm. she had no memory of the past ten years. Zero memory. Like, couldn't remember her kids. Excessive force was used to relieve that constipation. So she went to the hospital. Doctors really didn't know uh, what was going on until they consulted some um, specialists who said that uh, she appeared to be suffering from temporary amnesia, um, similar to what you can get after fainting um, because of lack of blood flow. So they think that she exerted so so much <laughs> force was using. Uh, she was using that that. She essentially cut off, like, blood flow and oxygen, I guess, to her brain. Maybe she, like, stopped breathing for a second to, again, relieve uh, herself. What specialist do you go to? There's so many things going on in the body right there. There's, you know, you have the, the stomach stuff. You have the other stuff. You have yeah. the you have the brain stuff. You have the, uh, there's, like, blood flow type stuff. So what specialist do you go to? I wonder if there's a bowel movement, like, amnesia-related uh bowel movement doctor guy like who is that guy i want to meet that guy uh yeah i that, that maybe <laughs> give me the poop amnesia doctor 
paging doctor poop amnesia doctor um yeah it'd be great if the um you know how like doctors have like different letters after they like a, like a lawyer has like esq right like esquire right doctors md but then there's also like specializations within that right it'd be great if it was like gas right i, I don't know what <laughs> i don't know what that would stand for <laughs> But, but that would be great if that was the designation for, for this type of film. Um, so, like, Cole, super fan Colt Sawyer would, would uh, I guess, be able to fill us in on, on some of this. But they said it was likely uh, excessive straining caused her to have va- vasovagal, vasovagal, vasovagal. Where is it? Syn- show me, show me. Syncope. Right here, that word. No, I got nothing. I do know that syncope, though. <laughs> yeah, which commonly uh, is known as fainting or losing consciousness. And just like a weightlifter's blackout. Have you ever had that? I've actually done that, where I've exerted myself so much in the weight room getting yoked that uh, that I temporarily bla- I like had to sit down and I lost consciousness just for like a couple seconds. But it's almost like your vision tunnels for a second. Yes, that's right, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I think maybe I've experienced that once, but I don't remember. Yeah, like, maybe I experienced it, and, and that's why I don't remember. But no, I don't think I've ever had that. But I, I know what you're talking about. When you're exerting yourself and there's not enough blood, you tunnel it for a second. Yeah, I've had. Yeah. That. So the article says it's not uncommon to lose temporary consciousness if so, you strain too hard and hyperventilate due to sharp spike in heart rate and blood pressure, followed by a dramatic drop, resulting in a temporary reduction of blood flow to the brain. So. She basically <laughs> exerted as much force as someone who was squatting double their weight. Yeah. She had the most epic bowel movement of all time is what happened. So she went to the hospital by morning, fully recovered, memory returned. Uh, so happy, happy story. I've thought about, like, can I use this to my benefit? This knowledge that we now have as a collective humanity that that extreme bowel movements cause short-term memory loss. So, like... If my boss tells me something and I forget to do it, I'm like, oh, you must have told me right before that that epic BM on Thursday. The EBM? The EBM, yes. <laughs> I don't know. All I can say is I'm infatuated with this story. Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports, the only show offering you epic bowel movement news as well as the sports news of the day. I'm going to need some whoopee cushion sounds during that opening. I need you to go all like radio morning show on it. It's, and... it's, it's a day off for me. Don't expect much. <laughs> Don't expect much in the editing this week. I'm David Henderson. This is Anthony Montague. We are the Subjectively Correct team. What you see and hear here is all from this. We're not super proud of it, but that's what it is. <laughs> what you see is what you get. What yeah. you hear is all you are hearing. Well, you get what you what? pay for. Yes. Right? You get what you pay for, people. Uh, shout out to our uh, listener who sent us an email. More on that in a little bit. If you want to email the show, email subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com. We respond to all your emails here on the show. We enjoy it. Uh, first thing we want to get into is, of course, NBA basketball. Uh, Warriors and Trailblazers was disappointing, and I got angry at Terry Stott, so the Trailblazers did exactly what I suggested and gave him a raise and an extension. No, no, no. That's what I suggested. Yes, I, I, that was... You suggested he get fired. That was a joke, dude. I was oh, joking. Oh, yes, yes, jokes. I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah. Maybe you forgot. Did you have, did you have an EBM? Love to hear one someday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe on the show. Anyway, so that happened. And then we have the Bucks and the Raptors. Okay? The Bucks come out in the first two games in Milwaukee, and they blow the Raptors out two games in a row. And we're all thinking, well, looks like... It's Series over. Be, yeah, yeah, Bucks and, uh, and Raptors. And then uh, 
the Raptors win a game, and it's like, all right, okay, all right, we'll see what's going to happen yeah. here. We know Kawhi's good, it, one of the best two-way players we've ever seen. It's like, all right, okay, it could happen. And then they win game four, and we're like, all right, it's getting interesting. Wow, Who knows what's yeah. going to happen, you know? And then they win the next two games, and you're like, well, how did this happen? Well, it took a lot of Kawhi Leonard, but I'm pretty, uh, I got some pent-up feelings about this Bucks team. After you with the uh, Holzer, are you gonna go? Uh, are you gonna rant against the coach again this week? Now I didn't. First things first, the Raptors' defense in the half court is really good. Yeah, yeah. To they, quote Tim Kirchin, really good. Really good. Not and not just Kawhi. I mean, no, the whole team is a is a great team defense. So when I was my wife and I were watching, Kawhi is really when he started guarding Giannis full time. When he started taking on the assignment of guarding Giannis, he almost I don't, I'm not going to say disappeared because you can't make the freak disappear. But his production took a huge dip when Kawhi started guarding Giannis. Uh, it's kind of a, his guy. Right? Yeah, the, the advanced stats had it as like half of the production, right? Like points per 100 possession, possessions was like cut in half. Right, and they did another thing about when he was playing against Joel Embiid and he was playing against these other big men, these other really talented stars. Yeah. And Kawhi put their numbers to shame when it came to defending Giannis. So while we, it's easy to look at the, and if you're if you're a, a it's kind of a passing fan of the Raptors or of the NBA, and you just kind of watch during the playoffs. You see Kawhi's offensive numbers, and you see the game winners, and you see his big dunks late in the game, and you think, okay, that's why everyone loves this Kawhi guy. But the little things that he does that don't show up on the stat sheet, like shutting down Giannis's game mm-hmm. during that, that second part of that series, it, I mean, it's it's indescribable what he did for that team on defense. And then, like you said, Harassic Park, you know, that... that <laughs> Harassing. Yeah, harassing part because harassing defense. Yes, they're so good. They well, they were making switches and they were recovering better than just about any team I've seen. I've always said their speed on defense is underrated. Their velocity. I mean, these Raptors. Their the velocity that these Raptors have. The, the, if only there was a name for that we could call them. The fast Raptors, speedy rap, quick Raptors. The quick raps. I'm still waiting for a joke on on the podcast, right? Mm. Yeah, they're good. Uh, Velocidinos. You gonna take a sip from your drink like you just did something good? Like, <laughs> reward myself with a little sip. Triumphant sip from the Velocisaurus. <laughs> I got some Velocisaurus when I had a new pair of shoes. Oh yeah, yeah right on the back of the heel. Yeah, those are the worst types of sores. Those Velocisaurus. <clears throat> but their defense is good. <laughs> so in in both series, you had teams giving up ginormous leads. Okay, and. In this last game, uh, I was thinking we were going to a Game 7. And I was super excited to see Raptors and Bucks Game 7, mm-hmm. right? And the Raptors took that away from me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the Butts did. The Butts took it away from me, right? The Milwaukee Butts took it away from me. Oh, that was great. So the the, uh, the TV covers, there was a they panned the um, the Jurassic Park, which is the area outside the arena in Toronto, uh, and you see all the fans cheering, whatever. And one one fan held up a sign is Milwaukee Butts, which seems like the ultimate Canadian sign to me. It's like slightly rude, but not that. Like it's still TV, okay? It's like G still, right? Maybe PG rated. Did it say "Oh, sorry" at the bottom <laughs> See, of parentheses <laughs> on the T-shirt? It was oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, but I'm. I don't. I don't know what it is. I know basketball is a game of runs. We've talked about that. I know that the NBA is very different, and with the pace and things like that going on. 
But when you don't, when, when you go on like a twenty-one to three run against a team, yeah. the other team has to be doing something wrong. I mean, that's base. If if you took a call, if you took a, a, an NBA basketball team and gave them a normal amount of possessions in a game without playing any defense except for standing right on the edge of the key, they're gonna miss shots and they might score twenty-five thirty, right? Yeah. But to score twenty-one on a team in like in a row, yeah. without you scoring anything, what was, is what just was the insane. run? It was like twenty-six to three. Right? It was is crazy. That, it was it was, yeah, um, it's so weird because you don't. I mean, I guess you get this in. You, you saw this like in the Super Bowl, right? The Falcons Patriots, and it's like the second half of that Super Bowl two years ago. Falcons couldn't do anything. They couldn't get out of their own way, and the Patriots couldn't be stopped. It's like they couldn't get out of the huddle without falling all over themselves. Yeah, you see this in baseball sometimes, where it's like you can have a five, six run lead, and like in one inning, the other team makes it up. Um, it's just a crazy thing about sports, because where do you see this ever? I, I, mean, I don't know. Is there even an analogy in real life? Um, I don't know. I can't think of it. Sports it's like- is just, it's just, it's incredible that really until. The final whistle, anything can happen. I mean, it gets to a point where it's somewhat uh, you can't overcome it, right? In basketball, right. Or just because of the clock, but right. It's like when you strike out time and time again, trying to you know ask girls on dates and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and you have a friend who is like having the exact opposite luck as you. Like every girl he asks out is like, yeah, sure, absolutely, and like it's going amazing. It's probably that yeah. kind of feeling, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's your dog dies, you get hit by a car and lose your job like all on the, in the same, same day. In the same day. Yeah. I mean, it's just but you have to give the Raptors a lot of credit for playing sure. the defense they were playing, but also you have to look at the coaching staff just like in the Blazers series. I still look at the coaching staff like if you're giving up a 26 to 3 run, there's something systematically wrong. The players are all the same. All mm-hmm. the same players are on the floor for both teams. What's changed? Some, some something schematically has changed. Mm-hmm. So the out team is just out scheming you and is playing better defense than you. You have to be able to scheme something to help yourself out. What was crazy was it was I think it was game five, right? It was the I think it was the last Bucks home game, um, and it was at the end of the game. It was um, probably last last couple minutes, and Mike Budenholzer uh, t- took out Giannis specifically. Took him out like during free throws so that he wouldn't be on offense the next possession, right? And if you're taking out the presumptive MVP because he couldn't shoot, right? They needed a three-pointer essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so they took out Giannis to put in all all three-point shooters. But you're taking out the MVP, right? Presumptively. Uh, and and then <laughs> I don't think they were able to get him in on defense. I'll have to go back and look at that. But I don't think they were able to get him back in on defense because they took him out and then there was no timeout between the next position. But I don't know if that's... That seems oh, like overcoaching to me. That's similar to like Popovich taking out Tim Duncan on the Ray Allen three, right? And, uh, and the Spurs couldn't secure a rebound in that. Was that a game... That was a game six as well, right? Game that Game six, game six uh, heat, heat and Spurs. And the Spurs, if they would have just secured a rebound... On the uh, LeBron James miss the, before Ray Allen uh, uh, made a three at the end, they would have won the game. Won remember, the, remember the Chris Bosh rebound. Chris Bosh rebound, yeah. Right? I mean, well, this, yeah, the Spurs didn't have anyone else. I guess Kawhi could have got the rebound. I don't know. Um, that was Kawhi the shade. Yeah. So I think there was some overcoaching here, but I mean, at the end of the day, basketball is a player sport. And if you, like all sports, right? But, but. Not college basketball sometimes. Maybe not college basketball. Sometimes maybe not even football. Football, I think a lot depends on the head coach. It, it bothers me in college when 
the the offensive team lines up, they fake a they fake a snap count, and they all turn and look at the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> that always kind of drives me a little bit nuts. It's like, should we call timeout or should we actually run a play? Yeah, they look at them and say, they like hold up a number or something, and they it didn't work, coach. <laughs> it didn't work. But they do that all the time. Like even when they're not trying to drop people off sides, just yeah. trying to get the. The anyway, the coaches are managing the game. I love it when the quarterback goes up and the quarterback is able to make adjustments the yeah. way he sees fit. That's that's what I prefer to see. And basketball, you have a lot of opportunities like that where players decide basically what to do and when to do it with some guidance from the coaches, right? Because they can't stop and look at the coach every time. The coach is going to drop a specific play for every situation, right? Yeah. Some teams are really great with that. The Warriors are really great at just letting it run and letting it play because, you know, they have some best offensive players ever on their team, right? LeBron was always good at just getting what he needed when he needed to, and other players are like that. But, I, like you said, overcoaching can be a problem. Where I felt like Terry Stotts undercoached, maybe Budenholzer undercoached and then overcoached. Yeah. He, he did the overcompensation and leading to, you know, I did that once in a vehicle, in a car, and ended up, like, flipping it. You did? Yeah. Oh my gosh, when so, was this? Was this before uh, I knew you, really? Or? Yeah, this was in high school. Uh, my sophomore year of high school. So the um, the car, I was on like a really windy road on a golf course uh, late at night. It was pitch black, there were no lights out. So you, wait, were you in a golf cart? Or no, I was in my car. Okay. So, it was, it, so you had to go through the golf course. This was an actual road that went through a golf course oh, okay. to get... Just to get through the golf, you had to you had to take that road to get to this part of town we were going to. Wait, is this Mesquite? Yeah. So if you're familiar, for those listening, familiar with the, it was uh, on the um, the Palms. Okay. And so going out to uh, to uh, scenic area, okay, or yeah. Littlefield, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, anyway, so so I was driving through there, and there was a there's a sharp turn that I just I just kind of missed it, right? And so. I tried to uh, to get back on the road, and, and in doing so, um, the car, I was in a small SUV, and the car, <laughs> the right two tires popped, which did not help. That didn't help. I hit something, and they popped, and then it proceeded to, to flip uh, side over side uh, for 180 feet. Yeah, my golf clubs, which were in the back of the car, got thrown out. Uh, I was banged around. Passenger was banged around a little bit, but ultimately, like, no major injuries. Um, crazy. Yeah. But that happened. So. Well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I did, uh, I did wake up and, like, thought I wasn't going to be able to walk because I had a concussion. And I uh, woke up in the hospital and uh, could not move my legs at all. And I think it was just like shock, right? But it was like within like ten minutes, I was up. I was like fine, normal. Dang. Uh, but that was super scary. So don't do that. So the curve was the twenty-six to three run mm-hmm. that Budenholzer did not see coming. Yes. Right? The tires popping was the tires popping, and me uh, overcorrecting. Overcorrecting was Budenholzer keeping Jonas out late in the game. And then the rolling hundred and eighty feet, ending up in the hospital unconscious, was losing the series. Yeah, and this could have been... Thank you, David. Thanks for wrapping all that up. Thank you. I literature really well. <laughs> this could have been an epic series. It was yeah. a good series. It was a fun series to watch. It could have been epic, right? Uh, the Raptors' last series with the 76ers, it's epic just for that final shot. My right? goodness. Um, There's still times where, where that'll show up on, on Twitter or something, and I'll stop and I'll watch it. It gives you chills. Time. Yes, it's like The Empire Strikes Back. Even though I have the DVD, okay. even though I could watch well. it anytime I wanted to, you're flipping through channels and it lands on Empire Strikes Back, you're going to stop and watch for a second. How many years have I trained Jedi? You're going to stop, dude. Hot, t- hot take. Thing. Hot take. Empire Strikes Back does not hold up. Disagree, but I don't think we have time for that. Okay. Um, 
Unless you really want to just forget everything for the rest of the show and just talk Empire Strikes Back with me. No, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Did you do that just to provoke me? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know why I do the things I do, David. Neither do I. But it's not like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. <laughs> as I sip from this Darth Vader mug. Oh, yeah. Um, so, overall, series was, was like I said, it was good. It could have been epic if, if Bucks could have pulled out game five or six and we would have went to seven. Uh, wasn't in the car, so Drake could not be denied. <laughs> Drake? I'm happy for Drake. Uh, finally, something's going right for him. It uh, must be God's plan. So did you... I guess he has a, he has two tattoos on his bicep. One that says 35 and one that says 30. One for Kevin Durant and one for Steph Curry. Okay. I think so. Okay. And now they're going to play... Anyway. Because he's like a front runner. He's like a Toronto Raptors fan, but he's also a front runner. I don't know. I just know he has those tattoos. That's interesting. interesting? No. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so Nathaniel who emailed us th- those are our thoughts and feelings about the uh, the Raptors Bucks series. Um, I'm disappointed in the Bucks. I feel like they could have at least put up some fight, especially yeah. when they were up 17 points. But you think in a game where there are lots of epic runs like this, you'd figure a way to to stop a team at 10 and 0 runs or 15 and 0 yeah. runs or even 20 and 0. But no, 26 and 3. I don't. That's not. Ex- I can't. It's inexcusable. Even the best teams in the league, in the history of the league, don't go on those types of runs consistently. So that's obviously a, a Bucks thing. That's not a Raptors thing. So all that, all that being said, the Bucks owner Wes Edens still had a fantastic weekend. So he uh, he's the co-owner of uh, of Aston Villa, the soccer oh. club in uh, in England, and uh, they won yesterday to be promoted to the Premier League. So he's about to make a bunch of money from being promoted to the... Not that he needed it. He's already a billionaire. Right. But, uh, and it was going to be an interesting ch- situation where he would have had to have choo- uh, chosen? Choosed? Chosen. Chosen? I literally true well. Chosen. Um, <laughs> I, think I like choosed. That's between, my favorite. Between... Choosed. Between being in England to watch his uh, soccer club or being in, in Milwaukee to watch his Bucks for Game 7, he did not have to make that choice. Choice made. So the... Uh, and the thing with relegation, I don't think a lot of people understand this. I know we didn't plan on talking about this, but so the English Premier League is. The, I love this system. Yeah, it's the it's the highest soccer league in England, right? So the yeah. biggest, best teams. But there's only a certain number of teams that can be in that top tier, right? Mm-hmm. In the Premier League, it's the Premier it's based League based on their record, right? And from the previous merit, year, merit based. Yes, yeah. and I'm sure there's all sorts of stipulations. I don't understand this stuff, but anyway. Yeah. So if the uh, the bottom whatever teams that don't make it, they stay underneath. But you can get promoted or relegated, right? So promoted means you're going from the lower leagues, like a minor league, up to the major leagues, basically, mm-hmm. right? So it'd be like a player in baseball going from AAA to the majors, but you're doing it with an entire club. So it'd be like if the Braves had a really terrible year, they would drop down to, okay, they drop down to AAA, and then yeah. have to work their way back to have like one of the best records in the minors in order to be able to go back up to promoted to the Premier League or the majors, right? Yeah. So the same thing. So it's a limited at 20 teams, right? And so the top 20 teams will get their bottom or whatever. Yeah. whatever. So it's it's think, a cool system. Do think, you like it? I love it. Think about how cool it would be. Like I'm not in favor of expanding any of the major professional sports, but I would be if we had this type of system. Okay, like, so so no more expansion teams. Keep like, it the way it is. I think yeah, I think I think the talent set, there's already a saturation. Not a saturation. There's already a dearth of talent. Dearth? Yes, lacking, right? Sure, I'm not going to Google it. Oh, man. But I literally dearth is one of those words where it sounds like it should be one thing, but it means the opposite. What does dearth mean? Let's see. Dearth. 
Lacking. Yes. Okay, good. So I, I knew mean, I knew that. I just didn't know how to spell it. <laughs> there's a dearth of talent in the NBA. Um, so there's really, what, like 10, 15 players that can affect the league, right? But there's 32 teams. I see what you're saying. Right? And so you just know if you're one of those 15 teams that doesn't have a superstar, you're either not going to sniff the playoffs, or if you do, you're going to be an eight seed and with no prospect of advancing because you're not going to get a high lottery pick the next year, right? And so... What I think would be awesome would be to have a 20-league team, a 20-team league, okay? And so almost every team, I'm not saying, I don't know how, you have to work it out so that every team, there was a little bit of balance among those 20 teams. But 20 teams that were all somewhat competitive, Mm -hmm. and then a 20-team minor league or, or relegation league, Okay, and the bottom five teams every year go down. The bottom, the top five teams from the relegation league go up, and um, that way you could have the NBA in more cities. Right, Seattle could get a team back. Uh, other big cities in the United States that don't have a team. Vegas. Vegas could have a team. Boise could have a team. I don't know. Probably not Boise. Would their court be blue? Nashville. I actually kind of like this idea, because imagine you coming out of college, you don't feel like you're quite good enough to make it to the NBA lottery, but you go to the relegation league lottery, mm-hmm. you start making money right away, right? Instead well, of- well, see, I think I think you would it would still be one draft, one draft, one uh, free agency you could sign between either either league. But then, but then, do you? Do you reward the worst teams in the relegated league to get the best players? You want well, you already do players. that now. Right, but, you already do that now. But they're playing in the NBA at least, right? Yeah. So maybe the... That creates all sorts of... You'd, you'd, have have to, be, you'd, have to, you'd have to change the draft system. Yes, the draft system would have to change dramatically. Maybe it could be free agency signings in the relegation mm-hmm. league and draft yeah. picks are only for the... the that that way you, you fight to not get relegated because you want to be able to make draft picks. Maybe. That might be a way to do it. But then the, then the relegated teams are going to have a harder time getting to the... I don't know. I, I just... I like the idea... Of their of the the major talent being spread out more, and not not the super team, right? Where you have going into a season five, maybe six teams that have a legitimate shot at winning the title. Although the Raptors may have bucked the no pun intended, bucked the system, right? Because I mean, is Lowry really a superstar? I mean, he's he's been an All Star, but he's not someone you would say, oh, we got Kyle Lowry, we're going to the finals, right? He's a really good veteran. Uh, floor general type point guard. Yeah. And so, but but like you said, he's not he's not a Kyle he's not a Kyrie Irving he's not a Steph Curry, mm-hmm. but he's definitely one of the best point guards. He, he's kind of like from the Chris Paul mold, yeah. But just not quite as good as Chris Paul. And which so, is like it's like saying he's not one of the best in the world. He, but he's really close to one of the best in the world. You know what I mean? And, and, well, he is one of the best in the world. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, like, cool. like saying you're almost as good as Chris Paul is not an insult. Yeah. That's actually a really really good compliment. Yeah. Uh, and so Kawhi this year is filling the LeBron. Role right. Yeah, we thought it would be Giannis. Right, but Kawhi stepped into the LeBron seat. He's it's, the new it's king rare. Of it's rare in the NBA that you can have one superstar and make it to the finals. And the Cavs, granted, they've had Kyrie and Kevin Love, but Kevin Love and Kyrie the past few years, well, Kyrie's been injured, was injured for a few of those finals runs, and Kevin Love was not the same player he ever was in Minnesota, and so maybe those first couple of years, I mean, he dealt with injuries as well. So, anyways, Kawhi. Um, pulled off something that very few players have done. And um, I'm excited for the finals. I don't think the Raptors... I mean, I didn't think they had much of a shot against the Bucks, But 
I really don't think they have much of a shot against the Warriors, especially if KD stays out. That's here's, <laughs> if he doesn't come back. If, if KD doesn't come back, you you think the Raptors have a chance to win? Is no, opposite. Because uh, uh, here, here's what I was thinking: if Kevin Durant does play, Kawhi's got to play on Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. And so hopefully he can do the same thing that he was able to do with Giannis and stifle him, right? I, mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of rooting for the Raptors just because I, I want to see something new in the NBA, right? I want to see something exciting. But what I don't, if Kawhi does come back, yeah, or if he doesn't come back, who does Kawhi guard? Does he guard Klay uh, Thompson? But then Steph Curry's um, gonna run wild. I, I don't know. Well, so, I mean, maybe maybe he just guards Iguodala and they save him for offense, right? And he'll he switches. Because yeah. with the Warriors, you're gonna switch anyways. That's true. It so really it's almost like it doesn't matter who you start with. Yeah. You're just gonna end up with who you end up with. Yeah. I think and I think Siakam, uh, Siakam and Kawhi are a great combination of on the floor at the same time because you have a big man who can protect the rim, especially against the smaller big men that we have in the NBA now. Because yeah. um, he do- doesn't have the girth that uh, you know to guard someone that's bigger like Joel Embiid, but he's big enough to guard. Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the smaller big men that they have on the like Draymond. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, but uh, I think that combination of Siakam and Kawhi when they're on the floor together are going to defend the Raptors really well because they'll be able to switch and play just about anybody. Kawhi's defense is amazing. But I think when they're off the floor, either one of them, yeah. you're going to have start having trouble. So I worry about Ibaka, and I think the Warriors are going to run a lot of uh, switches and a lot of offensive plays to expose Ibaka on the perimeter. Yeah, so I think and they're, they're familiar with the better, younger version of Ibaka, right? I mean, From playing in the Thunder. With yeah, the Thunder. they dismantled him in the 2016 playoffs. Right, so that's something for me to watch for. Whenever Ibaka is in the game, watch him off the ball and the things that he has to do on defense because they're going to try to expose him. And I think Siakam's going to get a lot of minutes, and I think you're going to ex- expect to see a lot of Warriors players going right at Siakam to try to get him in foul trouble early. Mm-hmm. Um, the Warriors are just an interesting and different team with KD out. And we said last week, and other people say it all the time, right? Are Warriors better without KD? They play better? No, obviously not. They're not better. But I think certain lineups play better. Okay, And I think they play differently. I think Steph Curry is optimized when KD is not on the court. And I don't know what it is. I don't maybe it's just the fact that he has the ball less when KD is there and so he's less engaged. But when he when when Curry and Klay Thompson are your primary ball handler and Klay Thompson's really never a primary ball handler. It's really usually Curry and Draymond. Um, when they're your primary ball handlers, the ball moves around a lot. Yeah. They're whipping the ball cross court. Did you say this already? No, no. Oh, okay. They're whipping the ball around, and everyone's touching it. They're sharing, and Curry's just kind of playing in out-of-his-mind mode, doing a shimmy every other play. And um, it just seems like it's a more fun and more cohesive team. Yeah. That being said, you can never be worse by having one of the three best players in the NBA on the floor. Yeah, for sure. And it's just a matter of of putting the right lineups together to maximize the talent. And I think... what. I think one of the major differences is when Kevin Durant has the ball um, on the elbow or he's posting up or, or something, he, he isolates. In order to maximize what he can do offensively, you clear out. You isolate. You let him do what he needs to do, right? But if the same if the same floor is occupied by Draymond Green and he has the ball and that's what happens, he's looking to facilitate. 
So Draymond Green gets the ball. He's not looking to to score on the block or score yeah. um, at the elbow. He's looking to make the right pass. Right. And so even though a lot of people say ball movement is key, no, man movement is key. Mm. If you're playing a zone, which happens more in college and high school, ball movement is more important um, than it is when you're playing man. When you're playing man, movement, man movement off the ball is Cutting, super important, yeah. right? And when Kevin Durant gets the ball, you don't want to create all the chaos. You want to be able to him to evaluate and see what's going on, see where double teams are coming from, and then exploit mm. that. Yeah. But when Draymond Green has the ball, you don't double team him because he's not a threat to score yeah. uh, all the time, right? Especially in the half court. So you don't run a double team at him, but then you have other people cutting and setting screens for each other off the ball like Curry and Thompson, and it creates all sorts of troubles for your for your uh, uh, defense. So that, I think, is a major difference, why Curry and Thompson seem to flourish a lot more with KD off the floor. Yeah. And, and, and if you have KD on the floor, and he's the primary ball handler, and he's going into ISO every other possession, that's a lot easier to, to defend for the Raptors. You put K- Kawhi on KD, and that somewhat neutralizes KD. Right. right? But if you're, if you're throwing the ball around, and people are moving and cutting, that's, it's impossible for one defender. Right to 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 right to to corral all that. Right, and if if I'm the Raptors, if Kevin Durant does come back, I'm gonna say Kawhi guard KD, and and we're gonna live with him putting thirty on Kawhi because yeah. they're gonna have to. He's gonna have to take a lot of shots to do that. He's gonna have to take a lot of difficult shots to do that. And if he's gonna put up put up thirty on the best defender we have in the league right now, great. We're gonna live with that, but we're gonna limit the other players around KD because you'll see that a lot in the NBA where a star will go off, but then the team still loses because. That star has to work extra hard and do a lot of extra things and take inefficient shots to get that 30 Yeah. while the other players are being neutralized. And uh, Kawhi Leonard can do that to your best player. Last thing to say about these finals, the schedule is dumb. What do you mean? Okay, it starts on Thursday, which is six days removed from the end of the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, That's point number one. We'll be almost a week without basketball. Two, if this goes seven games, the last day of the finals... Would be June sixteenth. Today's May twenty seventh. The finals start May thirtieth. June sixteenth would be the last Sunday. June sixteenth could be the last day. So we're talking two and a half weeks of one series where they play every two to three days. Usually it's every three days. And I just when when you're when when baseball. I mean, it's a different sport. I know you need more recovery, right? But. You're you're playing. It takes you two and a half weeks to play seven games. That seems like it, it seems excessive. And I know it comes down to the TV contracts, and they're optimizing when these games will will be shown to get the most eyeballs, to get the most ad dollars. Um, but I think that really kind of can suck out some of the momentum of a series. Right. I love the Eastern. Uh, the conference finals are my favorite time in, in professional uh, or. Uh, the, the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. because you have the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, and every day there's a game, but it's a big game, and it's one every night, so I don't have to, uh, my eyes aren't bleeding after watching four hours of basketball every night yeah. for two, for weeks in a row, but I just watch one two-hour game, and it's an important game uh, with really good teams, and it's entertaining, and it's day after day after day, but now, with gaps between each game like that, that's insane. Did yeah. that, was there the 30th, and then the 2nd, and then the 5th, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it, and it's one thing when you're traveling, right? Usually they add an extra day in when you're traveling, but you go from game one on a Thursday to game two, no travel, you're still in Toronto, game one Thursday, game two Sunday, right? Then you don't play again until Wednesday, right? Then you play two days later Friday, okay, that's good. Then you don't play again until three days later Monday, then three days later Thursday, then three days later Sunday. So I just think, you know, they, they have the sports calendar to themselves, 
right now. They really I do. mean, okay, hockey's going on. Hockey's great. Stanley Cup final. Let's just let's just on the fly. Let's just compare it to the Stanley Cup final. And mind you, hockey seems like a much rougher sport. Like, well, not by watching the guys. They take crazy injuries and keep playing, so it probably doesn't bother them at all. Okay. But so they're actually in a similar boat. They start today, the Stanley Cup final. Uh, just so we can say we talked hockey this year. The Blues are playing the Bruins. St. Louis Bru- Blues and Boston Bruins. Boston, come on, Boston, share the wealth, man. I saw a billboard that said, like, 109 days since the last Boston championship or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, they're the worst. Um, so they, they kind of do the same thing. They've got a game today. The next one will be Wednesday. That's only two days. But then the next one after that, Saturday, then Monday, then Thursday, then Sunday. So they could wrap up June 12th. So similar schedule, about two and a half weeks. Um, why are we doing this? Like, th- there's there's two sports right now. I don't know if there's a lot of crossover in either sport, so you're not have to worry about sharing audiences, right? I don't know. I don't know if the guy in Minnesota. Maybe, maybe, maybe there were some in, in Wisconsin who were, but but now you lost the Wisconsin yeah, audience, no. <laughs> right? And and Boston's and the Celtics aren't in the final, so I don't know. Uh, it, it feels like these games could be closer together, keep the momentum. But you know, I'm not the I'm not the executive the executive in charge of maximizing uh, maximizing my dollars for the company. So not my say, I guess. Have you studied that? Have I studied that? Yeah. How to maximize dollars? Uh, no. Okay. Well, maybe there's someone that, that has, is knows what they're doing. So something yeah. we didn't quite get to talk about was you're disappointed in Aaron Rodgers. I think. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's basketball season. Like, it's there's no football uh, going on. Why would you be disappointed in Aaron Rodgers right yeah, now? Yeah, so we saw during game five, they, um, well, actually, I don't, I don't think that the, the TV coverage showed this. I think it was just on Twitter. Uh, it was like the in, in, in arena uh, big screen. Okay. Uh, like during one of the timeouts or halftime, um, they did a, a cutaway to David, you have to have his last name, Bakhtiari. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he's an offensive lineman for defensive the Packers. Lineman. Oh, defensive, defensive lineman for the Packers because uh, I know the football teams well. His name's and, David, so I like him. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it, camera went to him and he proceeded to uh, chug two very large beers um, very quickly. And my favorite part is he look, he looks at the camera and goes, let's go. And he's, <laughs> right. Uh, very excited with his performance. Uh, and so he, then he pointed over to Aaron Rodgers, challenging Aaron Rodgers to do the same. The camera pans over to Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, and and, and he, the, the graphic underneath said, Game of Thrones extra and, and NFL MVP. Yeah, right. Um, and he... Um, Almost like with his pinky extended, daintily <laughs> uh, sipped on on his alcoholic beverage and uh, made it about halfway through before he he said he was done. Uh, then it went back to uh, to uh, David Bakhtiari and and he proceeded to chug a, another full beer. But not before he went me. Yeah. Let's go and yeah. drink another one. The uh, the subjectively correct podcast does not endorse beer chugging. No, or chugging of any substance. No, uh, except uh, for knowledge. Chug all the knowledge you want. Here's a fire hose of no- your weekly fire hose of knowledge. Ooh, good tag. Yeah, uh, but it was it was amusing to watch, and um, I think further uh, adds further evidence to the fact that Aaron Rodgers can never be considered uh, the goat. I mean, it's just beer, dude. Like if. I mean, so Matthew... Breaking news, it was Udul's. Oh! <laughs> the state of Wisconsin revolts against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so if you're a Detroit Lions fan and you saw Matthew Stafford chugging beer after that, you're like, okay, great. 
We're paying you a lot of money to not be as good as Aaron Rodgers at football. That's right. <laughs> Way to be better at him at chugging beer, though. I'm glad we're paying you millions of dollars to be better at the mm. at, at the best player. What really makes you wonder, though, does, does Aaron Rodgers have that competitive gene? I mean, does he really want it, right? You hear about all the greats in any sport um, that, you know, throwing, throwing wadded paper balls into a basket or arm wrestling or whatever it is. They're just ultra competitive. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he just doesn't seem to have the fire you would like to see in your team captain. How about this? New player on the team. He's getting some attention, right? Okay. Aaron Rodgers acquiesces to him to let him get that attention. Well, That's a good leader right there, man. Very nice of him. Yeah. Well. And, by the way, best quarterback in football. So, check all the beers you want, Matthew Stafford. Highest paid extra in the world. That's true. <laughs> so a couple of a couple of sports legends passed away this uh, this last week. First was Bart Starr, uh, the the NFL Super Bowl MVP, the first uh, NFL uh, Super Bowl MVP. So uh, Bart Starr passed away, eighty nine or something like that, pretty old. And then this morning, we found out that Bill Buckner had passed away. Bill Buckner, unfortunately, is more famous for one error he made than he is for all of his great Hall of Fame stats that he put up um, across a 20-plus year career in the majors. So when when you're remembering Bill Buckner, try to find the stuff besides the ball going through his legs that one time. Yeah, right? he was definitely the happiest guy in the room in 2004 when the Red Sox finally won the World Series. Right, right. And... I don't know if uh, the only video evidence I can see of Boston fans interacting with Bill Buckner is after the World Series wins. So I don't know how he was treated before. It's been said that he was treated really badly, which is unfortunate. Like, I understand being passionate about your sports, but don't hate somebody for a mistake. Like, I know. It, and that was, that was not the deciding game, right? It wasn't. So, no. so anyway, uh, it got me thinking, right? Uh, if you could watch any baseball player... From the past, who has who has died? Who would you like to go and watch live? Like follow for an entire season and just watch that player? Okay, so I, I thought about this a little bit, but are you asking if I could be transported back to that time, or if they could be transported to our time? Either, either. Let's do uh, one of both. One of both. Okay, I would like to. I would like to go back to Jackie Robinson's first season with the Dodgers, and I just think it would be. Very interesting to see what the reception was like by other teams um, to try. And uh, if I'm following him for the whole season, um, you know, we have we have movies and books. Uh, but to actually be there and, you know, he's a great player. So you'd be watching great baseball anyways. But then you have the whole social aspect of it as well. The cultural phenomena, phenomenon that it became um, to be able to say that you were part of that. Or, or, you know, you, you observed it, I think it would, would be really cool. So I would love to go back and be part of that season to, to observe that season. Hey, and for me, it's the same. Like, Jackie Robinson is, is one of my favorite athletes of all time. I, just, I, I thought when I was in high school, I wanted to play the way he did. I wanted to be just a menace on the bases. I wanted to play good defense. I wanted to be a solid batter. Like, I wanted to be like Jackie Robinson. Uh, one of my favorite images I've ever seen in sports is Jackie Robinson stealing home and sliding into home head first. Mm. It's one of the most amazing things I've, you know what I mean? I, I wanted to be like Jackie Robinson. So I'd want to go back same as you. I'd want to watch Jackie Robinson play. And now what if bringing, what about bringing someone back from the past, reti- uh, dead or not, mm. and having them play in today's major leagues? Who would you want to see? Uh, I would, I would, uh, Babe Ruth. And mm. the reason is because 
we just don't know how good of a player he was. Obviously, compared to the players of the time, he was a monster, right? Uh, incomparable. And so I want to see, and I would love to do this in any sport, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, right? Um, uh, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus. I don't, you, you just transform to the present with the, the same physical tools they had then, but with like modern medicine and modern training and eating and, right. In the and, case of golf, modern equipment. Yeah. And so Babe Ruth, obviously, like, not not well known for taking care of his body, right? Uh, he he's like, isn't he like number one on the dad bod list? We talk like all time dad bod. He, list? Might, ha- he might have grandpa bod. Got <laughs> um, great uncle bod. That's right. Uh, but imagine like if he were in the weight room every day, like because so my, my thinking is just like he must have had just some kind of amazing natural like hand-eye coordination and right? strength and strength because yeah. again where you compare him to everyone else at the time right and no one else was like weight training or anything like that but so they all had some kind of natural ability and then some kind of work ethic but like whatever the combination of his was he was so much better than everyone else and so if you combine that you bring him to today would he what kind of career could he have like would he just be an average player? would he even make the majors like would he look like Tim Tebow on the baseball diamond, or would he be a legit all-star or MVP? Like, would he be that much better than everyone else today than he, than he was back then? And you didn't have African-American players playing then, so, like, I, I, it just would be super interesting to see if you transport him to today and he was raised in the baseball culture of today with the training methods, etc., what kind of player he could be. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I would want to see Ted Williams. Yeah. And one of the best pure hitters we've seen in baseball, and I just want to see if a, uh, I just want to see if you know he's up against modern pitching. Where we were watching a guy uh, last night, I forgot his names for the for the Braves. Every pitch he threw had some sort of movement DeJong. on it. Yeah, no, no, the other guy for the Braves. Oh, for the pitcher. Yeah, Colt would know, but he uh, every you, pitch. Woodruff he threw, for the Brewers. No, 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 the the pitcher for the Braves. Oh, I don't he, know. Everything he threw had some sort of movement on it, and all of it was just insane. I wonder if Ted Williams could decipher, decode, read, and then hit uh, the pitches that are, have, are being thrown today. Because while it does seem like there are more strikeouts than ever before, a lot of that has to do with the change in the approach of the plate, sure. But pitchers are also really good at throwing a lot of different pitches with a lot of a lot of movement on it, right? So I would really enjoy seeing uh, Ted Williams go up against today's. Uh, pitching. I think he was a relief pitcher, so I don't think he'll be listed on the, as yeah. the starting pitchers here. But I would love to see that. Yeah, uh, Ted Williams would be awesome. I remember I had a uh, a hitting book that was like the Ted Williams hitting book when I was little, and I uh, uh, you know, he he was definitely one of my favorite like pass players. I never actually obviously never watched him play, uh, but obviously one of the greats and. Um, Something that's missing, I think, in baseball today is just hitting for average, right? Just trying to get on base and not swinging for the fences. And maybe, I don't know, maybe analytics tells that's the way you should be doing it. But there's something something really uh, cool about a player who just gets on base all the time. Who's always on base. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool way to end the show. Cool way to end the show. If I could transport myself to any show, it would have been this one. Not me. No, I, I lied. Yeah, lying's not good, dude. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Stop lying. This has been the Subjectively Correct Sports Podcast with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Tune in weekly for sports talk and other stuff.